Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15. Amen. Well, I'm going to talk this morning. I'm going I'm to kind of give you, I like to call it gunpowder soup. So if you have a weak constitution, this isn't for you. But if you've got a strong constitution and you want some, something with some bite to it, we're going to give it to you this morning. Amen. And, uh, you know, I don't think I'll probably get done this morning. I have too much. So I'll be here Wednesday night and I'll preach Wednesday night, maybe on this. We'll see. And then as, as we go along this month, I'll preach on this as, as we need to. But I'm going to talk about holding fast to your confession. Holding fast to your confession. Let's go in our Bible to, uh, like I said, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. The Bible says, But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I remember an old Pentecost, you know, sometimes people would say, I lost the victory, brother. Well, how could you lose the victory, amen, when Jesus Christ brought the victory? He'd have to lose it. And he's not going to lose it. And so you can't lose the victory. Maybe you're not walking in the victory, but you didn't lose the victory. That victory is still there because it's through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, so I, you know, I want to kind of put this in you just a little bit this morning. So we're going to look at some verses that God wants you to win. Yeah. I mean, He wants you to win. God's into winning. And when you're winning, praise God, it's a good life. Hallelujah. Now, we all face trials. Don't misunderstand me, but those are just temporary. Hallelujah. And we're, you know, that, that, you know the, the Scripture tells us in the book of James, it says, count on all joy when you encounter various trials, temptations. Well, why would you count it joy? Well, because we already know we have the victory. Hallelujah. If you go into a fight and you already know you're going to win, well, you might get punched a few times, knocked down a few times, but if you know you're going to win, you can smile because you know I got the victory. I got it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you with me now? Glory to God. You know, I, uh, I watched the fight in the 1970s called the Rumble in the Jungle. The Rumble in the Jungle. You know, and uh, it was one of Ali's fights. I watched him fight Joe, uh, not Joe Fraser, but uh, George Foreman. You know, George Foreman. How many know the boxer George Foreman, you know? He's a preacher. Yeah, he, he, last I know, I guess he's still his pastor's a church. You don't want to get out of line in his church. <laughs> right? Because especially in those days, you know, um, when he was fighting, uh, very few people made it past the second round with him. He'd knock them out. And, of course, Ali was an older man at the time. Not old, but he was older than Foreman. Foreman was a champion. Ali was going up against him. And really, Ali didn't, wasn't really given much chance, but she really never counted this guy out because, I mean, he had tricks up his sleeves that people knew not about. And I watched that fight, you know, and uh, I watched Ali do what was called the rope-a-dope. Anybody old enough remember the rope-a-dope? He would, he would lay on the ropes and cover himself up like this and let Foreman just swing and swing and swing and swing. And you could hear his, his legendary trainer 
Angelo Dundee hollering at him, saying, Allie, get off the ropes! Get off the ropes! It wasn't the game plan, but Allie had his own game plan. And he, this went on for rounds, several rounds. And I mean, by point-wise, there was no way Ali was winning the fight. But, uh, you know, Foreman did that for several rounds, and then Ali let, let his, or he let his hands down, and then he started swinging and knocked Foreman out. Became the world champion again. And they talked to him afterwards. They said, well, what were you doing? He said, I knew if I, if I got on the ropes and let, let that, you know, guy punch himself out, he was mine. He said, I just let him wear himself out, and then I took him. And they asked Foreman about it. And Foreman said, uh, when I was doing that, Ali was whispering in my ear, saying things to me. He said, you hit like a girl. You hit like a sissy. You ain't got no power. And he said, then one time he said, Ali said to me, is that all you got? And he said, I thought to myself, yep, that's all I got. That's it. And Ali knew, you know, if I just let him punch himself out, just let the devil blow his mouth off. Just let him punch himself out. Ali already knew I got the victory. He already had a game plan. He knew I'm going to win this fight. We've already won, praise God. Amen. I'm telling you, you have, to, you have to get your lip up off the carpet and walk like you're a victor. And that's what Paul was saying. Count it all joy when you experience various trials. Why? Because you already are going to win if you just don't quit. I know we like to hear that sometimes. The Lord said that to me one time when I was going through a really heavy trial. And, um, he, he's, you know, I, and I'm looking for this deep revelation, this new revelation, maybe something I've never heard before, you know, maybe something that will just instantly bring me out, you know. And the Lord said to me, he said, if you don't quit, you're going to win. I thought, well, that's what I want to do is quit. Why would you tell me that? I want to do that. When the Lord gave me the word for this year, you know, he gives, gives me, if he doesn't give me one, I won't give it to you. But, but usually for the coming year, uh, he'll give me a, a, a word, a phrase or something for our church. I'm not saying it's for the entire body of Christ. I'm saying it's for our church, you know. Uh, and so <clears throat> this year, he gave me the word press, press in, pressing in. How many remember that? It's in the bulletin. I think I got it right. Pressing in. Uh, a year of pressing in. That's what we call it. A year of pressing in. Well, when he said that to me, I didn't realize he was talking about I would have to press in through the muck and the gore and the fights and the, the uh, mental assaults and attacks. I thought he meant press in. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. And, and, but, you know, when you get to be a little bit older preacher, you begin to learn some things. You begin to learn some of the things that you thought were right in your youth that you didn't really know everything you thought you knew. And sometimes nothing but years takes, teaches that. Years of fighting and battles and things like, like that. And you, you learn that, yeah, thank God for the glory. God's got glory for us. Hallelujah. But I, didn't, I thought he meant we're going to press into the glory and you know we're all going to fall out in the Holy Ghost at church. Because <laughs> that's what I like. So I've never done that. Well, I hope it happens to you because it'll change your life. Well, I never even heard of it. Well, you know, the Bible talks about Jesus. They came to get Jesus and he said, I am he. And they all fell backwards and fell to the ground. Power of God hit them. Amen. You know, now 
That's what I thought. I didn't realize he was talking about this year. You're going to have to press in through some things. There's going to be some battles this year. And it's not just with me. I'm sure I said this to another pastor. We were talking. We were talking about the mental attacks that have taken place this year with preachers. And the things we've had to fight through <clears throat> to stay in our callings. And I said, you know, I said, we, we sometimes we look at our congregations, you know, and we see, wow, the crowd's really down and it's been down for the whole year. I said, we need to realize that they're probably facing the same things we're facing and maybe not handling it real well sometimes. Are you listening now? But the way the Bible said handling is counted all joy because you're going to come out with victory because God always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we need to hold fast to our confession because victory's on the other side of it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, sometimes I don't feel like confessing the right things. Sometimes I feel like bellowing out a bunch of unbelief. But that's not going to help me. That's not going to get me to what I want. I got to say what God said about me. Hallelujah. Well, first of all, you got to find out what God said about you, right? <clears throat> you got to go to his book and find out what did he say. Well, he said he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, look at this. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 20, verse 58, I'm going to read that in just a moment. Verse 58 says, therefore. How many know when you see a therefore, you need a what? Find out what's there for. Because God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that, my beloved brethren, be. How many know when the Bible tells you to be something, you better pay attention. What do you got to be? Steadfast unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. <clears throat> so he says, because <clears throat> God gives us the victory, therefore, stay steadfast. Be unmovable. Hold fast to your confession because victory is already yours. But you got to hold fast. And if you don't do that, how many, how many know if you don't do that, you won't have it. You have to do your part. I know we have a we have teaching going on in the church today. And, and 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 you know, like with all things, there's probably some elements of truth in some of the things the guys say, but they leave the impression that you don't have to do anything now. That in this New Testament it's all grace and you don't have to do a thing. You just lay back and eat bonbons and drink Dr. Pepper and watch the Colts lose and you'll be all right. But it doesn't work that way. You got to do something. I said, you got to do something. You got to appropriate the blessings of God. They're already paid. You can't do anything. See where they miss it is what the Bible's teaching us. You can't do anything to buy them. You can't do anything to earn them. You couldn't work or live holier enough to earn the blessings of God. You couldn't do it. But there are things you can do to appropriate them where they're active and operating in your life. And that's where people miss it is they miss that part that, you know, well, God's already done it all by grace. It's all grace. Well, yeah, it is all grace. It was provided by grace. Yes. Amen. I make invite you over to my house and provide you with a T-bone steak. Phyllis te texted me last night. We're in the same house, but she texts me. Because <laughs> I'm upstairs. She, and she's like, what do you want me to fix you for dinner? You know, she said, I ate a late lunch, and so I'm not going to eat. So what do you want me to fix you for dinner? I text her back. I said, well, I will take a T-bone steak, lobster tail, loaded baked potato, corn on the cob, 
chocolate cake, cream cheese icing, and ice cream. She texts me back to go to Longhorn. So instead I had fried hot dogs. Anyway. But how me know, I could provide you with all that, the T-bone steak, the lobster tail, you know, the loaded baked potato, the corn on the cob, the chocolate cake with cream cheese icing and ice cream, chocolate chip ice cream. I could provide you with all of that, but I, I, I can't make you eat it. You gotta, I'm not going to feed it to you. Right? I don't, I don't feed 20-year-olds. 20-month-old, yeah. 20 years. No, you got to do it yourself. See, the same thing's true with the blessings of God. God's provided for them, but he's not going to pick up the spoon and stuff it in your mouth. You're going to have to, by faith, appropriate it. You're going to have to receive it by faith. A lot of people say, well, if God wants me to have it, I'll have it. He wants you to have it. But that doesn't mean you'll have it. You got you to appropriate it. You got to hold fast your confession. Amen. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I told you I'm going to give you some gunpowder soup today. <clears throat> Throw some nails in it, some tacks. Let's go to <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The Bible says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and makes manifest the savor or the aroma of His knowledge, by us in every place. God always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. And He makes manifest, the, the King James uses the word, old word savor, which means the aroma of His knowledge through us. What does that mean? Well, it just means when we're walking in victory, it's a, it lets off a good smell. It smells good. Hallelujah. You know, God, the Bible talks about in the Old Testament about offering up offerings, you know, and they'd smell that burning, the, the burning fat, and God would say it's a sweet aroma unto me, you know. And so, um, you know, the Bible says God seeth not as man seeth. I, I also learned he, do, he don't smell as man smelleth either because burning fat doesn't smell that good. But to him, it was an offering to him, see, and it was precious. Well, our victory, it smells good. Hallelujah. I, I'm so tired of preachers that don't have any guts that get on TV and supposedly represent us and, you know, they're complaining because somebody didn't like them on Facebook. I mean, Paul's in the innermost prison, backs beaten, in stocks. Come on, read what he went through sometimes in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I was stoned, he said, three times, beat with a rod, you know, beat with a rod. I, I had my back whipped three times, 39 times, 39 stripes. All the things in shipwrecks and perils, you know, in deaths. And then some preachers quivering on TV because somebody didn't like him on Facebook. If you ain't got no more guts than that, get off Facebook. You don't have a, come on, help me preach somebody. I mean, if you ain't got any more than that, what are you even doing on Facebooks? There's going to be lots of people don't like you. As wonderful as you are, people don't like you. I like you. But not everybody likes you. Okay, the way you didn't say amen, I'm wondering about whether I like you now. But anyway, no, how many know, there's always going to be people that don't like you. Come on. <clears throat> We got preachers today. It's just, it's just amazing how little backbone they got. 
And we believers got to have some backbone. We got to know that God's going to cause us to try out. And, and, and literally in the, in the Greek <clears throat> where it says he's going to cause us to triumph, it, it literally means that we're going to have a wild celebration. Amen. Hallelujah. A wild, not a wild, we're going to get wild about it. Praise God. Because of victory. Hallelujah. I, I tell you what, I, I, I'm looking for some victories, uh, you know, manifestations in, in the coming days ahead. Praise God. Wild celebrations. Hallelujah. Now look at 2 Timothy. Go there. <clears throat> I know we're looking at some scripture. But I want you to see this out of your Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Go there. That God wants us victorious. Well, if He wants us victorious, then we might as well go ahead and shout. Because if God be for us, who can be against us successfully? Hallelujah. God's on our side. Amen. Now 2 Timothy chapter 3. <clears throat> Well, let me just say this with you. You know, the Bible in the Old Testament, I think it's true, is one of the prophets said, God's, God's with you as long as you're with Him. Think about that. Did you know if you, you know, the Bible tells us, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The, the Bible tells us that God resists the proud. Right? That means He opposes you. He stands in your way. He doesn't care whether you're a believer or not. If you're proud, he's going to stand against you. He's going to resist you. Yeah. In other words, you think you got it all together and nobody can tell you anything. And yeah. I don't need the pastor. I don't need the preacher. God stand against you. Yeah. You don't want God standing against you. But he gives more grace to the humble. Hallelujah. I want the more grace part. Yeah. I don't want God standing against me. God standing in your way, you're in trouble. Yeah. Amen. You know, and I've seen that. I've seen that out of preachers. They get so proud, think that, you know, they're God's gift to the body of Christ. And next thing you know, they're in a ditch somewhere. Because God's not going to, He's not going to bless that. Amen. You know, the Bible talks about Saul. As long as he was little in his own eyes, God used him. But then he got to where he think, you know, he didn't, need to, he didn't need anybody, didn't need the man of God, didn't need, to, he went ahead and offered the offering, don't need to wait for the priest any longer here or the prophet any longer. He, you know what I'm saying? And his life ended up destroyed, yeah. right? But David was a totally different thing. I mean, listen now, David, man, I'm telling you, he was a warrior, yeah. right? I mean, when he, when he faced Goliath, he told, he told King Saul, he said, hey, I've got some experience. I've already killed the lion and the bear. Any of you guys done that lately? I mean, this is a, this is a man. Right? I mean, he's a warrior. I mean, he grab, grab a lion by its beard and spirit. That's a man. Bear. He said, this, this, this uncircumcised fills him. He'll be like one of them. He doesn't have a covenant of God. I'll take his head off. Don't you love David? Yeah. Yet, yet he, was, he was so humble. He was a humble man. He knew he needed God. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He knew he needed other people, right? Yeah. Amen. He knew, right? So, so we, have to, we, have to, we have to understand, you know, that God, God, he, he wants us to have victory. But we got to stay with him. Amen. Right? right? Yeah. Are you with me now? Yeah. You know, I've heard ministers saying they got in trouble and they, well, Lord, what's going on? He said, well, I, the Lord said, I never told you to do that to start with. He didn't tell you to do that. So you're on your own. I don't want to be on my own. 
Now look at this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse, uh, verse 9. Now let's go to verse 10. Paul said, but you have known, fully known my doctrine, my teaching, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my charity or love, and my patience. The persecutions, afflictions which came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but the Lord, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. How many did he get delivered from? How many of them? All of them. Does God want us to win every time? According to that verse, he does. Now look over at... Uh, I know we're looking at some scripture. I hope you I hope you get something out of this. <coughs> Second uh, or excuse me, Second Timothy chapter four. Go there. <coughs> I want to look at a scripture there. Paul said this. Well, let's back up to verse sixteen. He said, "My first answer." This is old King James. That means his defense or his trial. In other words, he was taken. He was he was jailed in, in trial. Court trial. At my first trial, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. In other words, all these traveling companions, when he got arrested, they boogied. What, what a friend, right? I said, what a friend. Yeah. I remember friends like that. You know, you get in trouble, they'd all, they're all gone. I'm talking about before I saved, you know. Cops come, they scatter. <laughs> Amen. Now look at this. He said, uh, at my first answer, my first trial, defense, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. I mean, he could have sucked his thumb and, and been upset. He said, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. He strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord, notice this, shall deliver me from every evil work. And will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. How many evil works will the Lord deliver him from? Every one of them. So we say God always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. He delivered Paul from all of his afflictions. And he delivered him from every evil work. I think we can hold fast our confession because deliverance is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I've been confessing some things over myself for a long time, but I'm still holding fast to it. Actually, there were some things I started confessing over my life back in June. What year is 2022 20, right now? It was 20, June 21. So June 22 has been a year, and that still hasn't come to pass, all of it. Some of it has. Some things have come to pass, but some things haven't come to pass. But I'm not, I still confess it every day. I'm holding fast to my confession. Why? Because he always causes me to triumph. Amen. Amen. He didn't, he never promised me it'd be a one round wonder. You know, sometimes boxing, you know, one round. I saw a fight one time, I think it lasted, I don't know, I think it was under 20 seconds. I saw it coming. I saw this guy getting there. And this guy's a good fighter, too. The other guy's a really good fighter. The other guy's a good fighter and really pretty good fighter. But I saw him get in against this other guy. That he, he'd gotten in his head, you know. You know, he trash-talked and got in his head. And I saw him get in, the, in that ring, and he looked like, he, like a deer in headlights. I thought, this guy's in trouble. He's beat. I can tell. I can see it on his face. He's beat. 
And I didn't know he was that beat. And the guy walked over and bam, hit him, knocked him down. <laughs> Give him my check. I'm going home. Well, you know, sometimes we have, we have skirmishes with the devil, and it's like, you, bam, you're out of here. Yeah. Right? And sometimes it goes in round two. Mm-hmm. Then sometimes in round three. Then sometimes in round six. Then sometimes in round ten. Then sometimes in round twelve. And we're saying, I hope there's no more rounds. And the Lord said, oh, no, there's more rounds. Keep fighting. Round fifteen. Are you with me now? So you, you don't quit. You just keep fighting. You, keep, you, keep, you, you hold fast to your confession because the, the Lord's already t- told you how it's going to turn out. He's going to give you the victory. He's already given it to you. It's yours. He's going to cause you to triumph. He's going to deliver you out of all of it. He's going to, he's going to deliver you from every evil work. Just keep fighting. Just keep swinging. Oh, I must be doing something wrong. Well, in one of those rounds, if you need your trainer, the Holy Ghost will tell you. Right? You know, I watched when I, you know, I grew up, I, I was a boxer guy, I liked boxing, you know. And I grew up, and I know, I, I know you're that way, Brother Steve. He was a boxer. And I, I, I grew up, I grew up, and, you know, some of the, I mean, some of the guys were really, they were really, really good in those days. Not that not, guys aren't good today, but boy, we had, some, we had a lot. In those days, and I remember the welterweight division, man, we had some tremendous fighters in the 80s, you know, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Tommy Hearns, you know, uh, Roberto Duran, uh, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. These guys were good fighters. And I remember one time Leonard's in there fighting and he had that legendary trainer, uh, you know, Ali's trainer, Angelo Dundee. And, Le- and Leonard's just not fighting right. He's just not fighting right. He's just not doing it right. And he's getting whooped. He's getting whooped. And he comes back to the round. It's about round 14, I, I believe it is. And Angelo just yells at him. He says, son, you're blowing it, son. You're blowing it. And, you know, he didn't, he didn't lie to him. He didn't say, oh, you're looking good. Everything's fine. No, he said, you're blowing it. And Leonard went out, and he fired him up, and he started fighting right. And he knocked the guy out, Tommy Hearns. Now, if they'd went to the scorecard, he would have lost. See, you may be fighting. You may be in round 14. You may be in round 15. But you've got a trainer called the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And he's able to speak into your life and tell you, you need to adjust this. You need to adjust it. But what you got to do, let, let, just keep fighting. Don't keep questioning yourself. Let the Holy Ghost adjust it. He'll teach you all things. Hallelujah. Now, <laughs> let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Look over there. So I just wanted to start out. I hope you got something out of that. I wanted to start out and show you that God wants you to win. And he's promised victory to you, but you got to hold fast to your confession. If you don't hold fast, well, then you're going to lose. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. four. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. The Bible says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest, how many know who that is? Right? Jesus, right? That is passed into the heavens, let us... The Son, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, our profession. Seeing then we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. In other words, what is Paul saying? He's saying, well, we have a high priest that's passed into the heavens. He's in the heavens right now. And because of that, you need to hold fast your confession. What is he saying? He's saying there's somebody up there working on your behalf when you're making the right confession. 
there's somebody up there that's helping you. See, if we have if we have our problem or our care laid over on the Lord, how many know he's up there helping us? He's passed into the heavens and he's up there helping us. He's the the Bible. The Bible calls him in Hebrews, the third chapter. It says that he's the uh, apostle and high priest of our confession. In other words, the word confession, you've heard this before. I've taught it. Uh, Pastor Chuck's taught it. Pastor Jerry's taught it. Others have taught it. Uh, but the word confession is the Greek word homo logio. Homo logio. Homo logio means this. Homo, you know what homo is. Same, same. Logio is to speak. That's what logio in the Greek means to speak. So same to speak. In other words, Confession is to speak the same thing. The same thing as what? The same thing as your high priest. Say about you what the Word says about you. Hallelujah. See, there's other places. We won't look at them all. But there are other places where the Bible tells us, uh, well, like in Hebrews 10, um, 20. 6, 23, Hebrews 10, 23. I think it's, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. Do y'all listen to those words? See, when, he, when it says without wavering, what's it telling us? When, when the Bible tells us God's given us the victory, therefore you be steadfast, unmovable. What's that telling you? There's going to be something trying to move you. There's going to be something trying to move you. It wouldn't, it wouldn't tell us these things. It'd just say, you know, it's all okay. Don't, don't worry about it. No, but it, it says hold fast. Well, when you have to hold fast, I mean, oh, that means something's trying to take it away. Now, I've only been like water skiing like twice in my life, you know. And I just remember that one of the things they told you is hang on. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't know how to do it, you know. I mean, they just said grab this rope and, and, and hold on, you know. And I did learn there's times to let go, you know, <laughs> in, that, in that sense. But they just said, hang on, man, and, you know, hold on. Uh, well, why? Because, you know, if you don't, it'll get jerked out of your hand, see. And so, you know, the devil tries to take, take things away. That's why you got to hold on. Jesus said he'd come to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll try to rob you. Amen. He'll send circumstances and things and people your way to try to talk you out of the blessing of God. I'm not paying any attention to it. Right. How about you? Right. I mean, I've, you, you get people try to talk you out of it. Well, I, I don't believe in that prosperity thing. I don't believe that God cares about your money. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm glad you didn't write the Bible. Right? You know, I don't believe God wants to heal everybody. Well, I'm glad you didn't write the Bible. I don't, there are people who say, I don't believe God wants to save everybody. Well, I'm sure glad you didn't write the Bible. Because I might have been one of them who didn't want to if you was right. I've seen him save people I, I didn't want him to, but he did. That was a joke. I have seen people that he blessed. I thought, I don't understand this. God's merciful. But he is merciful, right? You know, if he waited, everybody got perfect. The only one he could use Pastor Jerry and Kenny. Huh? Something to strive for. <laughs> something, he said it's something to strive for. Be like him and Kenny. 
Let me know if he was only used perfect people. I mean, no, none of us would get used except Jesus. Our only blessed perfect people. But, but, but you, you, when the Bible warns us, hold fast, like here, hold fast, because we have a high priest. What's that mean? He's up there uh, interceding on our behalf. He's up there. He's paid the price. He's the mediator of the new covenant. He's mediating it. He's, mediating it. He, he's the only person that, 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 that uh, wrote a will and, was, and died and rose from the dead to probate the will. Think about it. The New Testament of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He dies on behalf of the, of the will, and then he gets raised from the dead and he probates it. Isn't that something? How, he, he deserves to be the mediator of the new covenant. Amen. Hallelujah. Because he defeated death. So that we could too. Amen. I like what the, 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 the Bible calls him the author of life. He swallowed up death. And there was so much life in him, <laughs> it couldn't keep him dead. Three days later, he was standing back on the earth. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. I'm telling you, this is our Lord. This is our Savior. This is, this is the high priest. But we don't have a high priest like Aaron. You know, like in the Old Testament, we got a high priest that's separate from sin. He's entered into the heavens. Hallelujah. He's undefeatable. And he's working on our behalf. Hallelujah. When I say what the Bible says about me, I got a high priest working on my behalf. You know, the Lord had me teach it like this years ago. I, I thought about writing a book about it, and it's been 20-some years, and I haven't done it yet. Maybe someday I will. But I'll, 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 called the threefold cord. You know, Ecclesiastes, the threefold cord is not easily broken. And I take it out of the Old Testament, some of the teaching out of the Old Testament and New Testament, and talk about how there's things in heaven that are speaking. The Bible says that the blood speaks, doesn't it? It says the blood speaks. Our high priest is up there. He's speaking on our behalf. The Bible says he's making intercession for us. What's intercession? He's speaking on our behalf. Hallelujah. What's he trying to do? He's trying to get us through this life victorious. Amen. He's not interceding about what's going to happen in heaven. Heaven's taken care of. You understand? Once you get to heaven, no challenges. Amen. So he's up there speaking. And the Lord said, now what I need to hear is your voice. And he took me to the scripture and said, we have boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, having a high priest over the house of God. I thought, well, there it is. All right, there's the high priest, there's the blood. He's talking about the holiest. Well, what else? Need, how do I get in the holiest? Well, I've never physically been in the holy of holies, neither of you, but my words get in there. Hallelujah. So, so when, 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 when uh, the blood's up there saying, by, by my stripes you're healed. The high priest is saying, by my stripes you're healed. Now all they need to do is hear my voice come up there in the holy of holies and say, by his stripes I'm healed. When they hear that, that's a threefold cord. I'm on my way to obtaining the victory Christ has already paid for. And I'm not just talking about healing. That works in every area of my life. Devil, you're not going to take me out with oppression, depression. Amen. Amen. Financial, you're not going to do it. Come on. 
See, I told you one time the church was behind. This was years ago. This, this meant a lot more then than it does now. But we were behind $15,000 in the general fund. We were in the red $15,000 in the general fund. You couldn't buy anything around here. If you bought a pencil, I'd, I'd throw you out in the parking lot and whip you. You can buy nothing. We went off the radio. Everything. The next thing to cut, we got to throw the pastor out in the parking lot. And I got so mad about that one day coming home from the office. Is, this is what broke it. You got to get mad sometimes. Are you listening now? You got to stand your ground. And I mean, I'm just hollering. I'm driving down Oak Grove Road, you know, taking the back way home. And I'm driving down Oak Grove Road and I'm yelling. I'm saying, devil, you're not running me out of the ministry. You're not doing this to me. You're not going to do this. This isn't going to happen. I'm not going to let you run me out of the ministry over money. You're not going to do it. And in the middle of that, the Lord spoke. He said, you know what? You're going to preach this church Sunday morning. Another church size ours. I wasn't going to be at home Sunday morning. I was going to be another church preaching. He said, I want you to give them $1,100. And he said, I want you to take it out of the general fund. I said, well, it's not in the general fund. I mean, you know, that's the one that's broke. And then he, you know, he, never, he, no, he never says, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. He never explains stuff. He just tells you what to do and expects you to obey. He'll go silent on you real quick. He tried to, you know, that kind of stuff. Probably better if he just made us silent. All right. And so the Lord, I just said, well, Lord, that's, he, he, that's, that's, the, that's the count that's mine. He said, it'll bless them. I'm thinking, it blessed me. I'm the one that needs $1,100. But you know what? I obeyed. I did that. And I'm telling you, about two weeks' time, might have been three, but I'm thinking it was two weeks' time, we were out of debt. See, my victory was already there. Hallelujah. But I have to hold fast my confession and obey the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. See, when you're in trouble, what's, what's a good thing to do? Man, say the right things, plant seed. Right? You need healing. Guess what? You're supposed to plant seed. What kind of seed? You need to plant the seed of the word. The healing seed's in your life. Then confess the right thing. Hold fast to it. Because there's always going to be, there's always going to, and I, I've got a lot of stuff here to talk about where we're out of time today, but there's always going to be demons and devils that are going to try to rob you of your victory. And if you let them, they'll do it. But if you stand your ground and you do like Paul said, therefore be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, you're going to come out with victor victory. You're going to come out victorious because he's already provided it for you. Amen. I mean, if you knew, you know, like probably the, the, the heavyweight champion of the world right now, well, he's got part of the title, but is a guy by the name of Tyson Fury. Now, this guy is big. I mean, he is like 6'6", six, six, I don't know, 200 and maybe 70, 80 pounds. And it's not just fat. It's, he's, just, he's just a big guy. He's just a big guy. And if you fight him... If you ever get a chance to fight him, Mark, take it. Because there's a lot of money in it. And you and Jackie are tithers. So we'll pray for you, brother. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of people that like to fight him just because you're going to make a lot of money because he's the world champion. They're going to pay you good money. But, you know, if you had, if you had inside knowledge and you had inside revelation that you were going to win, 
How many know that that would make it that much? You'd go in there with, with a smile on your face. Now, that doesn't mean you might not get knocked down, beat to within an inch of your life. But when it's all said and done, you're going to win. The victory's worth it. Are you with me? I'll let you punch me for 20 minutes if there's $30 million at the end of it. Because it's, it's worth it. How many know, I, I hope that that's not too lame of an illustration for you, but how many know that the victory that we, that we have in Christ, it's worth the fight. It's worth holding fast to your confession. Amen. Yeah, man. I mean, I figure I can run from you in that ring long enough. You can't get too many licks in. If you only got, three, you know, if you only got like 10 in, I mean, you know, hey, that's, that's pretty good money. Break that down, 10 licks by 30 million. I mean, it's worth it. Praise God. But I tell you, we are serving a God that's given us the victory. And I, I know, I'm, just, I'm not stupid. I've been at this a long time. I'm not ignorant. I know sometimes there's quick victory and sometimes there's not. But there's always victory. That may not be something you want to hear this morning, that sometimes there's not always quick victory. Well, life has taught me that. The ministry's taught me that. Serving God's taught me that. There's not, there, it, now, that doesn't mean, you know, that it's always a, this drug-out affair. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you've got to be willing to stand you know, Brother Hagin used to say it this way. I'll close with this. He'd say, if you're willing to stand forever, you probably won't be there very long because there's a lot of fight in you. But you've got to be willing to stand. Amen. God's good. Amen. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Thank God. Thank, say this with me. Thank God. I have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, I'm unmovable. I'm stable. I'm always abounding in the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.